Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We dive into results from the past week's games and headlines before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. We got four plays for you here coming at the end of the show, but I want to start out the show by saying uh, shout out to MLB legend Scott Rowland, who is going into the Hall of Fame this year. He's getting elected uh, 17 years with the Phillies, Cardinals, Reds, and Blue Jays. He's an eight-time Gold Glove winner, over 300 home runs, and 1,800 RBIs. I didn't want to miss that one before we get into the show because the Hall of Fame is a major deal, especially in baseball when you have such few uh, guys getting in nowadays. So, Wanted to give him a quick shout out. We're finally over our flu bug as well. Been sick since about Wednesday. Um, I think it was from all the sulking that we were doing. I think all that sulking in the rain is what did it for us. And it just ended up giving us a flu bug for the last... 72 hours or so so feeling a lot better now ready to get back into the swing of things recap our last number of days of plays and then we can chat about today's betting slate but before we get into today's episode we got to talk about our sponsors bet 99 who are a canadian sportsbook and casino that offer in-play betting player props a cash out option and many more great products there are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on including nhl nba nfl and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. Uh, The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code shooters at sign up. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 free of charge. I have the Saskatchewan number down in the ticker as well. So you guys have all that you need uh, on that front in case you need support on the gambling front. So with that, let's talk about our betting recap from the weekend. Uh, We had a pretty good Friday. We were positive units there. Saturday, we were about 500. And then yesterday, we went three and two as well. So we were positive all weekend long. Um, And then when we get into the golf side of things from the Farmers Insurance Open, another three and one week on the PGA front. Uh, We had Patton Kazire to miss the cut at plus 100. That one hit. Will Zalatoris to miss the cut. Uh, sorry, we had him as top 20 and he missed the cut. So not a great result for Will, but Morikawa top 10 and Jason Day top 20. Those both hit as well. So it was a positive weekend on the course as well. Now we got to talk about headlines from the last week or so. So we're going to try and rifle through these pretty quickly. We're going to start with the NBA all-star draft and starters reaction. So the top two vote getters, as always, are going to get to draft their teams. It looks like we're going to have LeBron and Giannis once again from a couple years ago, Um, but a little bit of a different format. They're going to do it right before tip-off. I love that the NBA is trying something new, trying to revamp All-Star Weekend. 
it's all about the fans. And so to do something like this and essentially is like a schoolyard pick them, I think is really great. I almost wish they would have different captains every year and that we didn't have the same guys every year, but that's not the way that this works. So uh, still happy to see that the format has changed. As far as starters go, uh, in the Eastern Conference, we had Donovan Mitchell and Kyrie Irving. I don't think that there's a major gripe here. Um, some people would point to Jalen Brown and the great year that he's having. He's still going to be an all-star at the end of the day, so not too worried about that. And then Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Giannis Antetokounmpo are the front court starters in the East. Now, everyone was talking about Joel Embiid getting snubbed, and unfortunately, the way that the NBA is right now, probably the four best guys in the front court all play in the Eastern Conference. So someone was always going to get snubbed because of this format, having the two guards and the three forwards. And unfortunately, Embiid was that guy. Um, Tatum's an MVP candidate. So is Giannis. KD's having his best shooting performance of his career. So I get it. Um, Embiid, maybe he was snubbed, but he's not going to be missing out on the All-Star game for sure. In the West, Luke and Steph are the backcourt. There's something to be said for maybe Ja Morant over Steph Curry, given Curry's uh, time missed due to injury. But again, this is all about the fans, and I think people are, are always going to vote for Steph at the end of the day, so he gets in. And then front court was LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and Zion Williamson. Bit surprised to see Zion just because of his injury this year, but at the end of the day, as I said, it's about the fans. That's why we're not seeing DeMontis Sabonis starting. And instead, we've got Zion starting in that conference. Now, we got a recap last night from conference championship play, starting with what was an absolute blowout, the Eagles and the 49ers. And at the end of the day, this was just San Fran didn't have a quarterback at the end of the day. Brock Purdy went down with an injury. It sounds like he could miss some significant time with it as well. They brought in Josh Johnson, who is their fourth string quarterback. We, we almost forget that. At some point this year, Trey Lance was the starter. So was Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that's just a testament to how good this roster was outside of quarterback. But Johnson went down. And then what are you supposed to do? They tried throwing McCaffrey at quarterback, and it just didn't work. It's still a great year for the 49ers. Just once again, they need to get the quarterback situation sorted out there. Who's going to be the QB? They've got an interesting offseason coming up. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance. It sounds like Jimmy G's already out the door. So a very tough result for the 49ers, but all the credit in the world to Philadelphia, regardless, they were the one seed in the NFC all year and they go on to the Super Bowl. Now, uh, Jason Kelsey, the first Kelsey heading to the Super Bowl and the other one is in Kansas City because they knocked off the Bengals 23 to 20. Kelsey, he was banged up before the game. They said that there was a chance that he wasn't going to go because of a back issue, but he played well. I think he had seven catches and a touchdown in the game. Joe Burrow, unfortunately, a couple interceptions. This is the first time that we've seen him really struggle in a postseason game. Um, late penalty on a Cincinnati player as well led to the Butker field goal. And so overall, I do think that the better team won here. Once again, Kansas City was the one seed in the AFC this year. No more talk of Burrow land and Mahomes can't beat Burrow. Kelsey had a lot to say after the game, um, which I get given all the trash talk thrown around, but Cincinnati's going to be fine moving forward. This AFC is going to be fun for the next decade or so. And this is just another great matchup. One thing that I can say is that none of these teams are. You're not an intellectual. You're a fake and a fraud. Now, if you make the NFC or AFC championship, you're definitely not a fraud. Just a tough, tough game, especially that first one yesterday to watch, given that it was a blowout from the start. 
Other NFL news, Kellen Moore, he's out as OC in Dallas. He's no longer the offensive coordinator. I mean, Dallas fans think that things might be better. I don't think that they will be with Mike McCarthy calling plays. At the end of the day, he's still terrible situationally as a head coach. Um, this group has a culture issue that starts from ownership. And, you know, as of now, I think we're going to be back here in the same spot in 12 months talking about Dallas underachieving. But maybe that's just the pessimistic Dallas fan in me. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, they appear to be in agreement to move on from one another. This is a major cap hit for the Packers trying to keep Rodgers. Franchise hasn't really done him any favors over the last decade or so either. So if he decides that he wants to keep playing, I'm sure there's going to be a team that's lucky to have him the most gifted throw of the football potentially of all time. Um, so Rodgers will be playing elsewhere. Green Bay will probably move into a full-on rebuild. Probably won't bring back Lazard and a lot of these other guys. So Green Bay should be in for a rebuild, potentially around Jordan Love if they pick up his fifth-year option. And then finally, Vic Fangio, he was hired as the defensive coordinator in Miami. Defense wasn't the major issue this year for Miami. They actually played really well, especially in that playoff game against Buffalo. Their team success hinges on the most important position, which is quarterback. Can Tua overcome the concussions, or will they have to find another franchise QB? We'll have to wait and see next year. And then other sports headlines from the weekend, because it was a major one. We're going to start on the PGA front. We already talked about how our bets went at the Farmer Insurance, but Max Homa, he picked up his sixth career title. One of my favorite players on tour. Um, I didn't back him this past week. I really wish that I would have, but he shot a final round 66 to win by two over Keegan Bradley. Good vibes for Max, and I love to see him in the winner's circle once again. Novak Djokovic, he wins the Australian Open for the 10th time. He won in straight sets over Stefanos Tispidis, and that is his record 22nd title. He ties Rafa Nadal for the most Grand Slams of all time. He may be the best men's tennis player in history, um, in an age filled with Federer and Nadal, and even for a while there, Andy Murray. It's just impressive to see. And unfortunately, he's on the back nine of his career as well. Who's going to be the guy that steps up to take the mantle next? Arya Sablenka, she won the women's side of the Aussie Open as well. She won in a great three-set matchup. Women's tennis is in a bit of a tougher spot, given that players like Serena Williams are no longer playing. They don't have a true star right now, but it's the most competitive that it's ever been. And so this will be exciting to watch over the next decade. And then to cap it off, Candace Parker, she signed with the Vegas Aces, shocking everyone, given how loaded that Aces team was already. Um, they've already got league MVP Aja Wilson. They've got Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray. Very loaded team there. And then to add Candace Parker as well to the defending champs, they just got a whole lot stronger We'll have to see whether Brianna Stewart finds a home in free agency that makes them a viable contender. But as of now, it looks like the Vegas could roll to their back-to-back titles. So with that, let's head over to the daily game slate. We got a lot of games to get through. Well, I shouldn't even say that. It's a bit of a light slate. But we have some games to get through today. And so we want to start things off with the video. All right, so let's start in the FA Cup side of things. We've got Derby County and West Ham United. Uh, Derby are plus 325 today, West Ham at minus 119. Bit of a surprising odds to see today on the Premier League side. 
uh, versus a League One side because I know that Derby took Liverpool to penalties back in the League Cup in November, but still surprising to see only minus 119. I know West Ham haven't been great in Premier League play, but they are the vastly superior side. Um, Derby hasn't really beaten anyone in the FA Cup, whereas West Ham had to beat Brentford to get here in the last round. So it just feels like a good spot if you're looking to bet a soccer play today. I do like the West Ham United money line at the minus 119 on the road. NBA-wise, again, we're going to say it as we do every show. These are tough to bet in the morning, so I wouldn't recommend doing so until you see final injury reports, see who's sitting out and whatnot. Um, Because we're starting with Orlando and Philly. Bit of a steep number, but Philly are an absolute wagon at home. The concern here is that game-time decision tag on Embiid. They may choose to rest him against a team like Orlando. And Orlando, they're already 12-9-3 against the spread on the road. So they're a very good uh, team at covering on the road. So this is one, again, monitor until tip-off. If Embiid goes, it probably moves to maybe minus 10.5. So if you like Philly enough at home, then you can go and bet it. If not, if you're on the Orlando side, you probably want to get it now because if Embiid does decide to not go, that line's probably going to plummet down to minus 6.5 by tip-off. The Lakers were favored yesterday until they ruled out Anthony Davis and LeBron. Now Brooklyn are minus 8.5 at home. No Kevin Durant. They got Ben Simmons and TJ Warren as game-time decisions as well, so that's certainly one to monitor throughout the day. Then you got Washington, they're minus five and a half taken on the Spurs. That line moved a full point overnight as it was minus four and a half yesterday. The Spurs still no Devin Vassell, um, no Josh Richardson or Langford likely, although they are game time decisions. Two teams, honestly, just trending in opposite directions. You got the Wizards who have won five straight, and then you got the Spurs who have lost five straight. Washington, though, they're only 11 and 16 on the road this year. So it is a tough one for me to back despite their recent form. The Spurs, though, they don't want to win games. So maybe it is a late play that we'll end up going with, especially if Richardson and Langford don't go, then I might look to back Washington. But as of now, it's a stay away game. Sacramento and Minnesota, the Timberwolves are slight favorites at home at minus one and a half. Still no Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Go Bear and Prince are both game time decisions as well. So again, you just have to monitor this one leading up to if you like Sacramento, you might just want to take the shot now, go and bet them straight up on the money line. But both teams have won seven of their last 10 games, although Sacramento's lost two straight, whereas Minnesota's won three in a row. The Timberwolves are also 18 and 10 at home this year. So they're a very good home team in the association might be once again, one that you keep an eye on up until tip. But as of now, it's a stay away game. Golden State are minus four and a half taken on Oklahoma City. OKC, they've been great recently. They've won seven of their last 10, including three of their last four at home. Golden State, they are playing 500 basketball over their last 10, but they've covered their last six road games. So at minus four and a half, it's really not that steep of a number. No Lou Dort, no Pokashevsky, no uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl either for Oklahoma City. So I do kind of like this road spread for Golden State. I think if you get it now, you're probably looking pretty good. But you're also banking on the fact that no one on Golden State gets rested. So you are taking that gamble for sure early in the morning. Dallas, they've already moved to minus eight and a half. They were minus seven and a half yesterday. No Corey Joseph or Bagley for Detroit. Um, On the Dallas side of things, though, no Christian Wood, no Maxi Kleber. 
And again, this is like Embiid. Luka's a game-time decision. If you like Detroit, you probably want to get it now at plus 8.5 because that line can only move in favor of Detroit if Luka doesn't end up going. If you like Dallas, you got to wait all the way up until tip-off to see if Luka's ruled out or not for tonight's game. Toronto and Phoenix, a lot of injuries in this one. No Booker, no Shamit, no OG Ananobi for Toronto. Phoenix, they're only getting healthier despite those few injuries that they still have. Um, They did just win in overtime against the Spurs. This is an all-around fade game for me, but an interesting one to watch. Atlanta and Portland's the final NBA game tonight. Portland are minus two and a half, but with Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic, both as game-time decisions versus a healthy Hawks team, this is a line to monitor for sure. Both teams are coming off losses. Atlanta is playing slightly better basketball, though. And Portland, they're two games above 500 at home, so they are a much better home team than a road team, whereas Atlanta are two games below 500 on the road this year. So I would lean Atlanta right now, but we have to see if Hart and Nurkic go. If they do, then I feel a lot uh, worse about taking Atlanta for sure. NHL-wise, there's only one game happening tonight. It's the Blues and Jets, two teams that honestly lost us a lot of money recently. Um, Jordan Bennington and Connor Hellebuck are expected to start tonight. I honestly don't know where to go with this game from a winning perspective. The Blues keep burning us left and right. They've lost four games in a row. Winnipeg, though, they've lost three straight as well, despite being 17-8 and at home on the year. Last five starts, though, Bennington's only given up uh, 2.8 goals against, and Hellebuck's giving up 2.6. So it does intrigue me that uh, over underline sitting at six right now. If it pushes to six and a half, then I like it even more, but I would still play it at the six right now, given how well these goaltenders have played recently. And then on the college basketball front, three ranked games today still. A couple other decent ones, but it's not the most loaded slate. You don't see a lot of good Monday slates in college basketball. And it starts with that Virginia game. They're number seven in the country as of now. We still got to wait and see where the AP poll moves them. But at minus five and a half, they're taking on Syracuse today. Let's call a spade a spade. Syracuse are a bad basketball team. Um, They've lost two in a row uh, to Virginia Tech and North Carolina. Now you get Virginia at home. These games are only going to get tougher as the year goes on for Syracuse. But Virginia, they're coming in on a six-game winning streak. They're 4-2 and two on the road this year as well. So I definitely like the Cavaliers today and the points. It is tough to bet the road in college basketball in your own conference, but I just think today Virginia's talent's going to win out, and they finally have offense, which they haven't seen for a number of years now in Virginia. Then you got number 17, Baylor, taking on number 10, Texas. I lean Texas here, who are minus 3.5, and, and people might think that I'm crazy because they did just get blown out by Tennessee. Baylor, they just edged out Arkansas. In fact, Baylor, they've won six games in a row, including a big win over Kansas. So why would I want to bet Texas? Because the line doesn't make a lot of sense. It just feels like they're begging you to go and take Baylor, given their recent form. But Texas are still a really good team in the country. Just because they had one bad performance doesn't define them as a team. So that's why I would certainly lean going with Texas today at the minus three and a half. And then the final one is number 12, Iowa State. They're taking on Texas Tech. Again, this is a trap line. You got Texas Tech minus one and a half, despite Iowa State being the better team. And Texas Tech, they're only three and nine at covering at home. So they're a horrid squad 
at home at covering. And then Iowa State, they're not much better on the road. But again, we're talking about a team that, yes, they just got blown out by Missouri, but they beat Kansas State midweek last week. So it's a tough spot to bet. Definitely one that I would tune into. I don't know if I want to bet it unless the line changes significantly, but definitely keep an eye on this line as a potential late night one if it moves. So with that being said, we're going to head over to our last call pick segment. This is sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery. We're going to give you our favorite plays for today. As we said at the top of the show, we got four for you here today. But before we do, let's play the video. The Last Mountain Distillery is a family-owned and operated company in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Their holiday seasonal releases are still out now, including their famous cherry whiskey. I poured myself a local vodka last night for my Caesar while I was tuning into that Kansas City and Cincinnati game. So go and check out their great products over at Last Mountain Distillery. Love supporting local here at the show. So with that, we got four plays for you here today. We'll rapid fire them off and then we'll get on out of here to go and enjoy your Monday. And so we're starting in the FA Cup. Yep, we're back in West Ham today at minus 119 for two units. Back in the Premier League side on the road to advanced in England's best tournament against a Derby County team that I find underwhelming. I like the Blues and Jets under in the NHL at one and a half units. I'm just trusting Bennington and Hellebuck to keep it low scoring, especially for two teams that are struggling to score right now. So really love this play on the ice. I'm going to take the Howard Bison at minus nine and a half versus South Carolina State. South Carolina State have won three games all year. They're on a six-game losing streak. Now they have to head on the road and play a good Howard team. I think Howard comes away with a double-digit victory. And then to cap it off, a one-unit play. We got him yesterday at four and a half. That's the Virginia Cavaliers minus four and a half versus the Syracuse Orange. I would also take it at five and a half, but we have it here at four and a half. Virginia coming in hot. Big road win tonight for the Cavs versus Bayheim subpar orange squad. So thank you to everyone who tuned into our show today. We're finally back to 100% after being sick the last number of days, ready to get back into the flow of things. It's a great time for sports. You got college basketball in full swing, Super Bowl in a couple weeks as well. It's a great time to be alive, great time to be a better. And be sure to go and follow us on all of our social platforms at HedgePod, where we will be giving maybe some live college basketball plays, maybe some NBA plays tonight as well, depending on how these injury reports go. We appreciate you all, and we'll see you tomorrow morning for the Competitive Hedge podcast.